0: and explain how to apply God's word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. Standing on the corner in town by the Hilton waiting for someone to join me for lunch I saw something confusing, to me at least. As I stood there in my usual waiting posture I was observing those who passed by. One that passed was a small black sedan with a young man driving it. It was a right-hand drive car, so he was actually on the side of the car opposite me. As I glanced into his car, I realized what had actually attracted my attention. Reggae was blaring from his car speaker system, and he was fully engaged in the swath of the beats of the instruments that created his particular style of music. I wondered for just a moment if he was conscious of those around him, whether he wanted to be forced to hear his choice of music, and I wondered too if he would be able to drive safely so engrossed he seemed to be with his music. Then I noticed the thing that I say confused me. As he drove along the street, surrounded by traffic and pedestrians, a couple of bicycles thrown in for good measure, his left hand was manipulating what appeared to me to be a rosary. To me, I say, that struck me as a little incongruous. They don't fit together in my frames of reference. You may disagree with my premise. You have every right to do so. In my humble opinion, however, the clash of reggae played too loudly for personal pleasure, forced upon those of us around him, and him oblivious, it seemed, to his immediate surroundings. A driving potential hazard did not fit well in my mind with the use of his left hand as well with the rosary. Where is the symmetry? What is the connection? Of course in this scenario I have assumed that his holding and manipulation of the beads of the rosary reflected a religious and spiritual application. I postulated a few more minutes until he went back to the hotel to wait further for my companion and lunch. of religious images has been characteristic of religious people for centuries. Some feel very strongly that they bring value and support to their personal faith. Others feel they are but crutches used by the weak in their faith. The cross upon which Jesus was crucified is a common image. In the early years of Christianity, the cross was a symbol of death and suffering, too close to reality for the true believers of the day to accept as jewelry or decoration in the church. In more modern times, we use the crucifix as jewelry to hang around our neck. Crosses are seen atop many houses of worship and even within the church. Images of the cross are seen in the stained glass windows and in various statues. Long ago, in a time of ignorance and without a broad knowledge of scripture, people believed earnestly in relics. Pieces of emblems and accessories of the Christian church, such as the nails that they say were used to crucify Jesus, pieces of the cross and the infamous one, the Holy Grail. Some of these things have been lost to time and a more thorough understanding of the scripture. Some persist and vary from denomination to denomination. Different aspects of these things appeal to different people. Some sincerely utilize them as tools to grow in their faith and commit to a more close relationship with God. Sometimes people try to extract that which is not available due to a misunderstanding or some unholy cause. The most important thing for us to remember, however, is that our lives should be conforming, growing in faith, to be more like the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Patience wait
0: And now with this message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus
2: Alan Lee. Greetings, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Akers of Calvary today. We trust that our time with you will be a blessing and an encouragement. I believe it's safe to say that we all desire and search for genuine intimacy with God, which is the final mark of a truly mature believer in Christ. The Apostle Paul explains exactly how this intimacy can be realized in his amazing epistle to the Colossians. In chapter 1, which is our text for today, he reveals to us what is the only source for developing intimacy with God. Notice how he opens his letter to these believers in Colossae. Verse 2 he says, To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now this is a telling, relevant, precious greeting by the apostle. First, he tells us that believers in Christ have two addresses, one on earth and one in glory. These addresses are very important for us to understand. Paul says that these Colossian Christians were in Christ and at Colossae. They were born into the second one, that's Colossae, but born again into the first, in Christ. That's their two addresses. One temporal, one eternal, in Christ and at Colossae. The same is true of us, of course. We have a birthplace on earth, and because of our second birth, we have an address in glory. But second, This passage tells us that the source of grace and peace is God the Father, whom the Apostle further defines in the next phrase as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is saying that God's grace is the basis for our peace with Him. And friends, it's impossible to experience His peace apart from first experiencing His grace, that provides us with his free and perfect salvation. It's God's grace that allows us to be placed or located in his son, Jesus Christ. That's how we are born again and get our eternal address in Christ, in glory forever. But third, this greeting also makes it clear that our God is not the same God as Allah, the God of Islam that we hear so much about today. You see, they do not believe that their God, Allah, is a father. In fact, they believe that to believe such a proposition is blasphemous and even immoral. So this means that they also do not believe that Jesus is God or that he is your savior. But our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the father of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And there's no other God like him. Nor is there any other son like Jesus, the son of God. And Jesus is the greatest prophet to have ever lived. The apostle goes on to state that he gives thanks to God for them and he prays for them. Notice what he says, quote, We give thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I want to emphasize, these are words of endearment, of love and compassion. This complete phrase, God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is not used too often in the New Testament. Paul has a specific reason for using it here. He wants these Colossian believers to feel a family relationship with God and with one another. We are brothers and sisters because we have the Father of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Father also. What a wonderful and beautiful truth this is, my friends. Paul then tells these brothers and sisters at Colossae when he prays for them. He says, and I quote, Always praying for you. His prayer for them is consistent and ongoing. Paul is revealing and expressing his love and deep concern for these brothers and sisters in Christ. He prays for them always. But then he goes on to tell them when he began praying for them. He says, it has been, and I quote again, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. He began praying for these believers since they were first saved, in other words. From the time they placed faith alone in Christ alone as Savior, Paul began praying for these beloved brothers and sisters. He then tells them why he prays for them. Quote, And the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Notice, he thanks God for the evidence of their faith, hope, and love. And this is something to thank God for in the life of believers. These are all spiritual virtues, character traits of a true disciple of Jesus Christ who is growing into Christ's likeness faith, hope, and love. Now, Paul does not mention any specific ministries that they are doing. He does not even mention how many were being saved or baptized in the church. He only mentions spiritual virtues that showed that they were Christ-like. These three virtues, faith, hope, and love, were top priorities for the apostle in characterizing a true believer in Christ. This reminds us of Jesus' letter to the church at Ephesus in Revelation, doesn't it? Here's what Jesus said to these believers in Revelation two verses two to four, and I quote, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance And that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake. And have not grown weary. But notice now what he says. But I have this against you. You have left your first love. Isn't that amazing? These believers were doing so many wonderful things. But Paul says they're short of the most important, and that is they've left their first love. Again, notice his words to the church at Laodicea in the same book, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, beginning at verse 19. He says, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, remember now, he's speaking to Christians. I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. This is speaking of personal, intimate fellowship. He overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So love is an important element in intimacy with God. Jesus is looking for the virtue of love to be a dominating characteristic of a true child of God. But then Paul describes the source of this spiritual transformation that has taken place. In Colossians one five. back to our text, he says, of which you previously heard, In the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, end of quote. Again, what tremendous truths are revealed in this one phrase. My friends, the gospel is the word of truth, and it is a source for spiritual transformation that produces faith, hope, and love, the greatest trio of all virtues. Jesus alludes to the keeping and sanctifying power of his word in John 17. And he prays to his father. This is what he says, beginning at verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. End of quote. And of course, that's the word of God. So I say, my friends, it is the word of God that makes us Christ-like in a Christless world. Not programs or activities, but the word of God. Paul emphasizes this point in his following Comments to the Colossians in verse six of this chapter. He says, just as in all the world also, it, that's the word, is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Wow. What blessed truths are packed into this verse. Notice, It is the word of God that is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. It is not programs or any kind of religious activity that produces faith and love and hope in the disciples of Christ. It is the word of God. And Paul is very emphatic of that point here. It was the word of God that brought about the transforming difference in the life of these Colossians. Paul does not point to anything he or they had done to bring them to the point of spiritual maturity in their lives. It was all the word of God. And notice what he said. It all started its work in them from the moment they heard it and understood it. In other words, the word of God began its work of maturing the believer from the moment he or she hears understands and obeys that word, and that's the transforming power that brings us into intimacy with Jesus Christ and with God the Father. The apostle then further explains that it was Epaphras, one of his associates, who preached the word of God accurately to them. Notice what he says, Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bond servant, who is a faithful servant of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the spirit. So notice, in humility, Paul is not praising himself, but rather his fellow worker who faithfully proclaimed the word of God to them. And Paul says he did it accurately. And actually, he's not even praising Epaphras. He's actually praising the word of God. He then goes on to explain how their response to the word of God motivated him to pray for their coming to know God in a better and fuller way. And it all revolves around their knowledge of and obedience to the word of God. But unfortunately, our time is gone for today. day. We'll have to continue from this point next time, Lord willing. And so until then, I ask you, are the virtues of faith, hope, and love being manifested in your life as a believer? Are you maturing into Christ-likeness because you are feeding upon the Word of God, the bread of life, and not spiritual fast food that excites the emotions but does not feed the soul? I ask you to be sure that you are feeding upon the Word of God. This is what brings us into an intimacy with Jesus Christ and with God the Father. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Allen Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things.
0: been listening to Echoes of Calvary a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684 Nassau, Bahamas
3: The great command is promised He will surely come again I am listening every moment For the mighty trumpet sound What a time we'll have together When the saints shall leave the ground And our toiling will be yours I've